Foster here, and welcome to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I am the creator of the Big Brand Formula and president of Jerry Foster Branding, where we specialize in working with service-based entrepreneurs who want to create a big brand and a strong message that sells so you can excite, delight, and ignite your market and make it easier to get clients. So, Please stick around to the end of the show, and we will share how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes or so. In the meantime, let's go. Okay, welcome everybody to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I'm Jerry Foster, also known as a branding evangelist. But mainly, I'm the big branding guy, and I am so thrilled today because we have as my special guest, Mr. Reiner Lom, and I'm going to let him tell you who he is and what he what his company does. But as soon as we had our initial connection at the at the beginning of this, I knew this is going to be special. So, how you doing, buddy? Please tell everyone I'm- about your company and what you do. Thank you, uh, Jerry. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on your show. It's exciting. Uh, I love to talk about uh, brand leadership. Uh, exciting topic. I'm I'm an executive coach uh, and author. I'm focused on leadership development, uh, innovation, and transformational change. And uh, uh, people come to me like this three areas. The one is like help me find my purpose and and pursue my purpose. Like. To make sure I'm I'm I have the right north star with whatever I, I do, work in a company or have my own business. I have many business owners, obviously that uh, that come to me. But uh, the other area is really uh, like if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and what I'm passionate about doing, how do I become successful? How do I? Uh, what are the leadership skills I need to learn in order to have the greatest impact in what I have chosen to do? So it's leading, that's uh, leadership development. And the third area where people, and we we all experience that with, with the pandemic and, and from time to time with, uh, with uh, some disruptions in the market and so on, uh, whatever happens to us, it's like being resilient. How can I deal with this crisis right now and move forward? So these are three typical areas that people come to me and help with coaching, with uh, uh, sometimes for the whole team, for the whole leadership team, sometimes just the individual leader. But uh, many of my clients I work with many, many years are repeat clients, but I get also a lot of new clients because of my authorship and, and you know, just published a new book um, in, in April uh, focused on the emotional competencies of a leader, Aspire. Man, I'm hearing some really juicy stuff here because I'm I'm hearing you help them find their North Star. You help them solve the major problems that are confronting their company. You help them become incredible leaders. Oh my goodness! So, what typical problems are you are you helping them to overcome? And what size companies are you working with? Yeah, I I, I work. Uh, uh, with all size companies, but the leader is still an individual person, yeah. no matter in which context you put them. So it's, so I work with, I'm really one of the things that I focused and tune in on the leader, both on their personal life, as well as on their professional life and, and not having any boundaries between them because people typically behave, they, they behave the same 
if they come into a crisis or in, if they dream or whatever, it doesn't matter, but it's work or in their personal life. So I just want to make that clear. We very often put people in a role as a CEO or a C-level person or an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, whatever name we give them. And we just put them in this box, but humans are humans, no matter where they are. But the, the, the companies I work with, just to give you, I, I work with uh, entrepreneurs a lot. Right now, uh, my current clients uh, that I have, they're like, I would say 70, 80% are entrepreneurs. I work with large corporations. I have a, a corporate background as well. And I can talk about that later, how that relates to uh, what I'm doing currently. I work also with uh, community leaders like indigenous uh, leaders, uh, indigenous tribes quite a bit I have uh, for many years. And uh, I also work with nonprofit organizations as well. I love it. I love it. And so you are what a management consultant. What do you call yourself? Executive coaching, executive leadership coaching. Coach. Yeah. Leadership executive coach. coaching, leadership coaching. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you found to be some of the biggest challenges that these that your target audience is facing when it comes to them showing up as, quote unquote, great leaders, great executives themselves? Yeah. So let me maybe a little bit uh, give some examples in terms of what the scenario is. So I, when it isn't in, in a situation where somebody is an in, entrepreneur, uh, and they maybe they started a business or uh, and, and try to keep it growing or give it a certain direction or they have to overcome certain hurdles. Uh, one of the challenges is, is really when it comes to leading people, to choosing the right people. Uh, in this climate right now, it's very hard to find good people and to keep them in the company, especially in the service industry, no matter what type of service it is. There's some service industries that are, that are harder hit and others are let, you know, like healthcare, education, uh, uh, you know, we, we know the, the hospitality industry is especially hard hit, right, with, with the pandemic and so on. And and so uh, finding the, the right people that are a good fit for the company and that they're staying and also the, for the leader, how do I, how do I lead them? How do I coach them? How do I onboard them so that they perform at their best? And how do they perform not just as individuals, how do they perform best as, as a team, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that, and there's a little bit of specialty of me, if, if it come, how I differentiate myself from other executive coaches is the emotional state, both of the leader mm -hmm. and the people that work for the leader, for the organization, for the team, defines how they behave. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in the service industry, like every little, let's say, mood change, let's say you come in in the morning and, and something happened in your personal life and you're not in a good mood, your clients will see. Mm. That will impact your brand experience, right? Mm. That's true for any company, but in the service industry, it's even more direct because if you have a product in the market, then the product doesn't change when your mood is changing unless you are just in developing the product and, you know, and manufacturing it and so on. But once it's out there, the product still remains the same. But if you service somebody, the service part of the company, you pick up the phone and you hear uh, somebody not being in a good mood, that's not a good customer experience. I like that. Now, as you know, <clears throat> this is a branding podcast, right? All about brand forward leadership. So at the heart of branding, and you probably know this already, is how do you differentiate yourself? What makes you special? What makes you appealing? What makes you interesting? So what makes you different from other folks who do quote unquote, 
executive coaching and leadership coaching. Tell me about that. Yeah, I, I th there's a number of things and I don't want to go in all of them, but highlight some. Okay. Uh, so one I think is really, uh, I have both uh, when, when it comes to executive coaches, a lot of executive coaches come, let's say, from the psychology side, organizational psychology, and they have studied that field and they have entered that field in helping people that way. Okay. But I have a very long history of starting businesses and growing them globally around the world. So I have a very, uh, I'm coming out of practice of leading, building businesses, and also leading people in a diverse environment at a global scale. But also, people are always working in the local context, right? So I have been in many countries, having people in Asia and different countries in Europe, you know, uh, the United States, South America, and so on, and having to deal with the complexity of that. So I can easily relate to people in a different cultural context. So when I work, for example, with indigenous people here, like the, the experience I had, let's say, working in Korea or Japan or China, also, it's a different culture, the skill to feel, to put your feet and, and put yourself into the shoes of the people, how to learn how to do it, even if you don't know the culture yet, that is a skill you can learn, like you can learn to learn, you can learn to study, right? So in, in that way. So, so that is one differentiator. But the other differentiator is also that I go deeper when I work with people. I really go in, in so understanding how, why people behave a certain way, what are the underlying drivers, what are the, the real human needs behind that? Why do they behave? Why they are not satisfied with something? What are the real values that drive those behaviors? What are the emotions that are the mood that the person is currently in and understanding that context? And with that, helping people to, to, to create shifts Right, to create a shift in, in, in the emotional state so they can behave differently. So when I work with leaders, they learn a new leadership skill, make it very clear what do they need to learn? How, how will that behavior look differently? So if you, you talk about branding and client experience, what, what is the experience you want to create? That What do you want the customer to feel? How do you have to behave? So to create the experience so the customer feels that way and what drives your behavior? So for example... If you don't have empathy and compassion for your target clients, it's very hard to serve them in a way that is pleasant for the client. Well, you have, we all have experienced that, right? Yes. Getting somebody that is really not interested in you is just, he learned a script, you know, and he's just like, this could be the server in a restaurant. This could be the, the support person on the phone, or it could be a clerk, you know, in a store, front, front end store. If, if they just, use their script, what they learned, yeah. we feel that. We feel the disconnect. But if somebody says, like, tell me really what you're looking for. Like, I want to buy a shirt in, this, let's say, in Western. <laughs> and I say, I, I don't know how to find that car. I need a specific color. And the guy said, tell me a little bit more. You know, what is the jacket you want to wear with this? And saying, and really gets into you. Now, that is a great brand experience, right? You, you're going oh, to go back to that. Hey, you're talking my language here. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew you're a brand expert, so I, I'm, I'm talking to the preacher, right? <laughs> and so back, so back to the differentiation. I say, I the relationship that I create with people is at that deeper level. What drives them, and if and, and help them to be at their best in terms of their behavior that they want to show. So that could be leadership behavior, that could be 
how they behave serving their clients, how they behave towards their employees, to motivate them, to inspire them. So that's why I coach at the emotional level. That's why also the book that I have written is about the the, the essential emotions of of and how you can learn those to lead at that level. I love it. I love it. So I got to <clears throat> I have to imagine that there's a lot of things that probably bug you or bother you when you look at these companies. Perhaps these leaders or entrepreneurs are in denial <laughs> that that there's not a, a a disconnect between how they serve and how they show up, right? At least what they think. So what really concerns you? What bothers you the most when you kind of look out into the industry in terms of the behavior of many of these leaders? Yeah, when I uh, when I go into companies, uh, there's several observations. One one is obviously the, the high, and that's also supported by research. Uh, and it's well established at this point in time, the higher somebody climbs, in, in, in getting gaining more power in an organization, more successful, the more people get removed from the people, their key stakeholders, from their employees, from their clients, and the less empathy and compassion they feel and show. And that's well established. I'm not saying everybody. There's some great leaders that keep yeah. and maintain that. They, they stay connected. Uh, I co-op in a company uh, at, like as a leader in Hewlett Packard. Oh. And Hewlett Packard, um, for 24 years, I helped to develop, uh, like start and develop HP software business and grow wow. it into a multi-billion dollar business. Over 24 years, managed all kinds of different business scenarios, you know, fast growth, uh, decline, turnaround, mergers, acquisitions, like very dynamic um, environment and different management challenges. But what I observed in, 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 in that, it was kind of a school, right? You observe leaders that stay connected to the people they lead and they keep inspiring them. And those teams perform well. And others, they just come in for their own benefit to advance in their career more egoistically. They don't really care. They don't bring the best out in people. They really don't care about the clients either, right? And, and so it's they're more in it for themselves rather than, for the, why this company even exists. And you will find that in any company. And so you ask me what frustrates you or what do you worry about? It's that if if people are, I would say they're in the wrong job. Yeah. Right? They Or they have not learned something yet that they have to learn. Mm. When you when you are in a business, you are you have to be in for a purpose. If you if you don't have that purpose of serving those clients, those employees, those other stakeholders that are important, the communities you work in, then uh, you have an issue. Uh, that brand will not succeed. Oh, will... yeah, because, yeah, because in my universe, it's all about being true to what's called your brand purpose. And that is expressed through your vision and vision statement. And so I'm a firm believer, just like you, that any organization of any size, they have to be in alignment with why they exist. And, and, it, and it can't be about their own personal ambitions. It has to be about their customer because that's all that really matters. And so I'm wondering, do you see a lot of these companies wasting a lot of time and money on the wrong stuff, the wrong activities? What are your thoughts about that? Yes, yes. 
I think that uh, uh, some some are more con- so I, I'd say some are more conscious leaders. They're conscious and aware of that disconnect, and they try to create that alignment that you're just talking about. The alignment between the purpose of the organization, the, the vision and mission uh, of what people do every day, what they work towards, to and how how the people be- do the people behave towards that. What do they have to learn? How do I recruit? the right people that are aligned with that. And so the, the biggest issue is that disconnect in companies. So there's maybe a written down vision and mission statement, a purpose statement, whatever you call it, it really doesn't matter. But this people would not even remember it. They don't remember say, it, yeah. Right? Well, it's, words on a, it's just words on a piece of paper. Yeah. And it needs to be lived by as a role model by the leadership. Yeah. Right, they need to. It needs to be an experience. So I'd like to go back to the HP experience. It's like it, it, I'm talking about the good old days, right? When I joined <laughs> HP, and when, I'm an HP when, guy. I love HP. That's my computer. And it, it, at that time, it was a great brand. Yeah, not anymore in the industry. It was in this was was the top brand, and, and people were proud to work for this brand, like they are proud for some other brands today they work for, right? Yeah. Some great brands. But so one of the things was management by work, walking around. And, and, and you might have heard that. And, and so basically allowed the leaders and the managers be connected to the people on the floor in the offices. Then what do you work on today? Just informal, like having an interest in people's lives and what they are passionate about. Yes. And being able also in that communication to keep reinforcing the vision and mission of the company. So what you're working on, oh, that fits to how we want to serve our clients. This is how we want to serve our community. Yeah. This is this fits how we want to uh, uh, serve our employees. Right. So if whatever somebody worked on, it could be in HR, it could be in in, in the lab, it could be in you know in customer service, and the managers walk around, they could find out do the people work on the right things. Yeah. Are they innovative? Do they have ideas? And how does that contribute to the bigger? And they could communicate in a one-on-one. And so that disconnect exists. Uh, uh, that disconnect exists in many companies today, and it could be easily rebuilt through different leadership behaviors. Well said. Well said. And I'm an ex-corporate guy myself. I used to work at Procter and Gamble, P and G, in branding. You may be familiar with that field of brand. Very right? familiar. And so, uh, yeah, I was one of those branding guys helping to grow some of their laundry brands. And so that pride factor that you are speaking about is so important because when you if you're working in a pressure cooker environment like it can be at P&G. Oh, my God. The pressure that's put on the branding folks is, is tremendous because it's almost like this, only the strong survive. However, yeah. you've got to have that connection with your people. Absolutely. And so so let me ask you this. What do you see as the biggest opportunities for the companies you serve today along the line of the work that you do? What 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 do you want to say to them in terms of what's possible as far Mm -hmm. as shaping their future? Yeah, I I, I would say um, innovation is very important. Innovation is very important for growing organically. A lot of companies decide to go through acquisitions and, and mergers and so on and, and, and partnerships. And I'm not saying they should not do that. Sometimes that is well-trusted. But I think 
or growing a business organically makes it more sustainable. And the reason why I'm saying it, it had, there's an, an, an important element of the success of a business is the culture. Mm. And the culture consists out of the values and the behaviors and how people feel on a day to day basis. And so if you grow organically and you create a culture of innovation, uh, then you you can maintain, you you, you grow more, you, you, you evolve as a company you, uh, organically. And I have experienced that on a day to day basis. And I have also seen the opposite. When you suddenly you put two big companies together and the 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 two together don't become you know they, they don't become even one plus one or they don't create the synergy they hope to create what they are going to create is basically they become much smaller than each of them were individually that's my experience very often but failed thing so the point what I want to say to the innovation in order to drive innovation you really need to understand your clients. Understanding your clients does not only mean that you rationally, that somebody tells you they need A, B, C, and I need to provide feature X, Y, C, okay, to meet that need. You need also to put yourself into the shoes of the clients and what ex experience are they looking for? What are their aspirations that you're supporting them in? So let's say I, I'm trying to go back to just a very banal and simple we, uh, example where we can all relate to. Let's say you wanna you you wanna um, have a special day out in a restaurant with your partner, with your best, you know, the person you love or whatever. But especially you wanna create this experience, and you go and you go to a restaurant that really understands what you try to create. They they put yourself in the shoes and they create that experience for you. Yeah. It doesn't matter for you if you pay a little bit more. Yeah. You are willingly paying more. You give actually a higher tip. That's right. Because you, and you're going not to forget that experience for, for, for the rest of your life. If that is really the greatest experience, the same could apply to any kind of other service business. Right? So innovating from that perspective, put yourself into the shoes of the people, what they really want on an aspirational level. This is not about a meal. This is not about a good glass of wine or whatever somebody, you know, dessert. This is about that, that you want to create an experience for the person that you care about that this person doesn't remember and you together, you, uh, sorry, won't forget, right? You will never forget. And it's really special. It will emotionally bring you closer together. That's, that's, that's a different saying, oh, we want to have a good meal and we want to fill our stomach, right? <laughs> and very often, so for any kind of service business, put yourself into the shoes. What are the aspirations of your client, of your target client as a human being? And how can I contribute to that? If I understand that, you know, if I go to a, a, a car shop, it's not about getting the car repaired. It is getting for me to make sure I serve my client well. I'm on time there. I make it and fix that car as quickly as possible. I can make an appointment and I don't, uh, you know, uh, uh, set up my client because he he's waiting for me, right? Things like that. Exactly. So an ideal client for you, what size company? A million or more, five million in sales? What's your sweet spot in terms of your... Oh, that's a that, that's a very good question. Um, I, I would say um, <laughs> I I wouldn't I wouldn't define it in the size because I I get clients. Uh, I I have right now in my portfolio I have clients that I picked up when they were like uh, uh, um, 
emerging leaders. Okay. Right? They, they, they were, let's say, the best in their field and they were promoted and so on. And I coached them through a history of over multiple years to maybe having a team of five people to thousands. Wow. To large, up to from first line manager to C level. Right. But that could be in any context that could be in a, they could be part of a, of a, of a smaller or mid-sized company, but they could also be in a large corporation and move up there. And, and, and so it, the, the, the level of which I coach is really so uh, it goes to the, the, the basic fundamental human behavior. Why do you want to lead even, mm. right? Why do you, why do you want to be a leader? And, and then what is your dream if you're finished with your job? Yeah. What have you achieved? How have you changed the world? Why do you care about, right? And then what is the skills you need to learn to do that at a deeper level? You know, the, the drivers of your behavior and how can you create those shifts? Uh, so the interesting thing, people always think in these boxes of businesses, you know, this is a mid-sized business. I, I coach in each of those. I coach in small. So back an example could be, just a, a client, I picked up a client this week. They have like 30 or 40. Okay. Okay. Micro brewing company, maybe 50. Okay. A micro brewing company with restaurant, they expanding into multiple areas, multiple cities and things like that. And so here it's about people that are each specialist in the area. How can they become better leaders? Because they are now growing and scaling and they hire more and those leaders need to manage more people and they need to work also across these different silos in the organization. That's an example. Very good. But it could also be a, a, a mid-sized company uh, with, uh, let's say, four, five, 6,000 people, like maybe a company out of Germany that has a subsidiary here uh, with manufacturing and sales. And, and I could, you know, maybe coach the CEO and maybe uh, do some team development work there to work more effectively together or it could be a leader in a large corporation yeah. that wants to uh, grow and scale up in terms of leading upwards leading sidewards and leading downwards in, in the organization so i'm right. curious I'm, I'm curious then how do you grow your company do you do they come through digital marketing social media referrals how do you get your clients yeah, so one one uh, one business model is that I have is really through referrals, uh, and what I built when I uh, left the corporate world, um, I, I bring a, a, a skill set with like able to how to scale businesses, mm -hmm. hmm? how to scale business. One way to scale is through partnerships, right? So there's sales partnerships, there's other firms that look for people that. Uh, like have my competencies that they don't have in their portfolio and they bring me in to meet their clients' needs. So this could have companies in Europe, I have companies here in the US, in different parts of the world, and they call me up and I can say, no, I'm I'm booked already, or I can say yes, okay? The other uh, scaling model is uh, uh, through authorship, right? So I, um, I write books, I just published another book, so I speak, I do podcasts, I, you know, I'm on social media and, and people are, who are attracted to the, the, the competencies that I'm talking about, that I'm teaching through writing, through publishing, through speaking, through coaching, facilitation and so on. They call me and say, you know, and we discuss the issues they have and see if it's a good fit as well. Now, there's a, there's a moment when I'm booked out, right, kind of, or when I go into a larger um, engagement with a larger company 
and I cannot do it alone. So I have partners that complement me. So I come in sometimes with a team of four or five or six people. Whoa. So these are not employees. These are, this is then on a contracting base, subcontracting base. Let's say I, I'm the main contractor to the client. We agree on a, on a scope of the work, on the goals and everything. So I work that. I, I design the experience. You know, let's say it's a leadership workshop or a retreat or a program. And then I, I figure out who do I need? And I call up those people and say, are you available? Let's say um, I, I, we do a workshop and I need a graphical facilitator, okay. artist to capture the outcome of the meeting, the vision of the company, the purpose, the plans, the strategy. And then I call up the people that I have and say, can you be available? And they fly in when if you do it in person or the they call in virtually for those sessions. I brief them. I onboard them for that engagement. And so that's another way of scaling. Very nice. Scaling for larger engagements. The other is for more clients. Now, the big scaling strategy for me right now, I would say after 10 years full-time in this business, is to reach more people with the things that I am passionate about teaching. Okay. And that's through uh, authorship, publishing, and through speaking. Okay. So I'm just by that word. I have always been speaking more opportunistically, has not been my main part, but I'm now doing it with more strategic intent. Okay, very good. Well, listen, you are amazing. And if someone who is listening or watching this podcast wants to take the next step with you, what should they do? They can contact me through, uh, on my website, okay. uh, Rainer Long. So that's my first name, last name, dot com. Very simple. So there's a contact page. There's also a page uh, with my book. So the, 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 my latest book, Aspire, Seven Essential Emotions for Leading Positive Change. Mm -hmm. No matter where you are, you can uh, retrieve it from there if you're interested or download a free uh, excerpt. Uh, summary of the book as well. And there's many videos and, and uh, recordings about the work that I'm doing as well. Well, listen, I just want to thank you for being on this show. You are amazing. And I can tell that you are doing exceptional work. Is there one last thing you want to say to anybody? Yes, yes. I, that's deep to my heart. That, no, each of your li li listeners, like uh, you know, business owners and so on, or if they are aspiring business owners, can create positive change with what they do, what they're passionate about. And doing that requires them to change behavior, starting with their own behavior. And in order to change their behavior, they need to be in the right emotional state, and they can learn that. Very nice. Well, Learnable. That was well said. And I cannot think of a better way to to uh, conclude our interview. You are exceptional and I acknowledge you for who you are and the work that you are doing. And so to all of our listeners out there or viewers, if you're watching this, thank you for tuning in. And until next time, this is Jerry Foster, the big branding guy, also known as the Brandon Evangelist, signing off. Take care. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. It was a pleasure to talk to you. My pleasure. Foster here. Thank you so much for listening to my Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. Now, if you, if you 
are a successful service-based entrepreneur yourself and you've got amazing expertise. I mean services, skills, talents, and abilities that you offer through your company or yourself and you've been in business for five, ten years or more and you would like to be a guest on this program. I would love to have you. Simply visit jerryfosterbranding.com forward slash brand forward leadership forward slash apply and I will certainly check you out and get to know you and so on and so forth. Now, let me just add a couple of other things. Number one, if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media for me? And if so, just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials, okay? And number two, if you know someone that you feel would be a great guest, someone that I should meet and connect with and so on and so forth, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag brand leadership because I love seeing your posts. I love guest suggestions. That's how we all grow. That's how we all connect and make it through this world, which are through our relationships and our connections. And lastly, let me throw this in. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. I'm always on the lookout for not only great guests, but great content. And so therefore, because we're always putting great new stuff out, juicy stuff, make sure you don't miss any episodes in the future. So please go ahead and subscribe. And I also love what? I love support. I love love. (laughs) So your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. So if you can find it in your heart, to go ahead and show me that kind of support and love, I would really appreciate it. And on a second note, if you would like to know more about me, the work that I do, simply go to my website at jerryfosterbranding.com or follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook at Jerry Foster Branding or Instagram at Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Okay? Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Again, thanks for listening. Until we see you the next time, take care.